0: Clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events.
2: Tune in for
1: a balanced view of the other side of the news.
2: Good evening and welcome to the other side of the news, whether you be in the evening or the daytime, We're on this beautiful globe together, traveling through space, and tonight our topic is in many ways very controversial. We have an amazing guest. To find the show, go to theothersideofmidnight.com, and the show's title tonight is Man of Steel. You can find our shows for The Other Side of News either in the nav bar, which says The Other Side of News, or in the show catalog. Again, the show is called Man of Steel, and our guest tonight will be Mark Steele. I'm Kinthea, and my co-hosts tonight are Timothy Saunders and Andrew Curry, and we're going to have a surprise guest in just a moment. Uh, the topic is 5G. It's you know There's so many heated debates going on, but we have an expert tonight who is going to really lay it out for us. Uh, welcome, Timothy, Andrew. He'd like to Good say evening. hello before we bring our surprise guest.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Good evening. Yes, I, I'm very well. It's great to hear your voice. I uh, I'm in Istanbul, and uh, just to focus on this subject, I was walking down the, uh, the street today, and I happened to notice one of these very strange, larger than normal transmitters was, uh, you know, rising up out of the the, the sidewalk and uh, there happened to be a panel missing from it. I don't know if it was storm damaged or like a canvas part missing or whatever it was, but inside you could see a whole array of what looked about 12 different transmitters and some very different looking ones that I hadn't really noticed before, so that maybe that's the reason why it was covered up. So, you know, this 5G thing seems to be rolled out, being continually being rolled out, you know, regardless of legislation, it seems, or regardless of what we tend to think about it. Andrew, how, how is 5G rolling out in Canada? I, I know there's at least one, one 5G transmitter in to you. We, we, we managed to track it down, I think, fairly recently.
1: Yeah, that's in our downtown core. And by the way, uh, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for coming back again. Uh, 15th, I think we said that 15th uh, show, wonderful. But yeah, Tim, I know we have a tower downtown. I can't remember exactly the building it was on. Uh, I know locally in our neighborhoods, I haven't seen, you know, anything or heard anything yet about this. But I tell you, I am noticing commercials now starting at least on the internet. I've seen these sort of commercials coming up that are definitely, um, you know, advertising five G. So it's here, man. It's here.
2: Well. In honor of this uh, 15th show, I want to acknowledge our wonderful sound engineer, Keith Morgan, who this show could not go on without his help. He's been in the background, and as we were getting ready for the show, he was sharing some insights that all three of us said, oh, we have to bring him on. So this is a spontaneous wrap. Keith, would you come on, please?
3: Thank you, Kim. Via.
2: Welcome, welcome. I just can't wait for you to share your idea with the audience.
3: As I was saying, from my perspective, the distortion of electromagnetic spectrum, the way we're using it to communicate is kind of obsolete. Even Tesla understood that we could probably communicate instantaneously between stars. And I think that all has to do with using the hyperdimensional communications. Um, If anybody knows about the 19.5 and the rotating mass, I think there's a way for us to actually take uh, some kind of dense metal, put a, make it a sphere, and inside the sphere put an antenna that's focused towards the pole, uh, rotate that mass up to a certain speed, and then transmit the signal into the pole, which would then force its way through the and then you'd have another sphere in another location that is rotating at the exact same rate, and you'd have an antenna on the outside pointing towards the 19.5 latitude of that sphere and you'd actually be able to communicate between dimensions instantaneously. Uh, Distorting the electromagnetic spectrum the way we are right now takes a lot of energy and it also affects everybody around it. In this type of communications, everything would be contained within the transmitter or receiver And it would not spread across the entire electromagnetic spectrum, which is affecting everybody. Um, And it's just food for thought. It's like any other theory, but in order for it to be carried out, someone has to attempt it. But if you open that realm, be prepared to probably encounter every other intelligent species out there that has already discovered this hyperdimensional communications. So, Thank you for your time and I'm the discoverer of the Morgan curve on Mars and if anybody uh goes to YouTube and looks up the Morgan curve, they'll find videos of uh the U the Morgan curve plus uh Richard C. Hoagland and his uh broadcast uh, shows that he did or lectures he did at Goddard Space Flight Center and at Lewis Research Center, which is now called Glenn Research Center after John Glenn. And um you'll find out what uh, my discovery is all about. Thank you guys for having me, and great 15th.
2: Thank you, Keith, for a view into the future and the past. was <laughs> a pretty exciting idea. Yeah, so, Keith,
1: thank, thank you, Keith. Thank you for all what you do for us.
0: That's greatly appreciated. Thank you very much, Keith. If you, you very carefully look after us, and... And nudge us along and keep time and uh, always optimize our sound. And you have huge amount of patience with all of our questions and trying to cram things into the last few minutes, last few seconds, which we t- continually do every single week. So thank you very much for your excellent work.
2: Before we bring our guest on, I just want to touch a little bit on a couple links. I was really uh, excited to see that... The WHO, one of their representatives, had come out saying that there was no evidence of asymptomatic coronavirus transmission and no need for restrictions if you're not sick. And then, of course, what did they do? They took it down off Twitter. I hope if anyone recorded that, I would love the video of it. I did have a screenshot, so... I think that's another victory. I want to point out the victories that are going on here. We have a victory from our guest tonight, Mark Steele, who won an amazing battle in court, and you'll hear about that later in the show. And there are victories happening all around. There's a law firm that's had over 7,000 wins, court case wins, and that was in the show with Deborah Green, I believe, I can put a link on there. Guys, is there anything else you'd like to add about your links?
1: Yeah, I I, I would. I would, Cynthia, just really quickly, uh article came out this week with our chief health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, talking about the protests that happened a few weeks back with the Black Lives Matter situation which gathered, you know, thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of people. Apparently, there's no COVID-19 cases associated with that. So I thought I'd do a little quick review, just a real quick Google search and see what's happening elsewhere. And sure enough, what pops up from articles all over the United States is, oh, there are no new cases associated with COVID-19. And yet going to, um, you know, the barbers or other situations or perhaps even protests against, I know I'm making this up, but who knows, having protests against all these measures that are being done to humanity, you know, might be associated with COVID-19 outbreaks. My point is everybody in authority is on script and feeding out the same information. And if people don't even take the time to just go and connect the dots, they're totally oblivious. And the victory is do your research and your homework, people.
0: Well, it's, it's hardly surprising, Andrew. I mean, if, I'm, I'm just picking up one of the comments that Kinthea made earlier this week. Is that when she was reviewing uh, a lot of the links on, on our previous show pages, the other 14 before tonight, uh, you were saying that, and a huge number of uh, links that we've actually been adding every week uh, have actually been censored. They've already been yeah. pulled off, off the air.
4: Uh,
0: yeah, and you know, again, I don't push one company or one app more than another one. But it does seem that BitChute is uh, holding a lot more links or holding a lot more videos which have been stripped off of Twitter and uh, YouTube and other places. So I think that, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit difficult to change a habit or a pattern. But on the other hand, I am finding a lot of very interesting information on BitChute these days. I don't know how you're finding that on your side, Andrew, you're more into Twitter, I think, and uh, Facebook. How are you finding things there?
1: Well, let me give you an example. So there was an article um, which I also have in my links, um, talking about a Bulgarian doctor who came out and said some pretty controversial things. Uh, basically, that you know, no one has died from COVID-19. Now, he may have been quoted in a way that he might have not want to be quoted. But I have a, a good friend who is who hails from Bulgaria. And he was able to reach out to a friend who knows someone who works across the hall from this doctor, and because I I was literally trying to get them, you know, to get him to possibly be a guest on our show. Now he has shied away from being interviewed. He's basically been inundated with news agencies all over the planet, and he really is kind of saying, "No, I don't want to talk about this." But one of the interesting things, things he said is um, he can show us a way to sue. The WHO and I thought well that's a very interesting thing but here's the point I posted that article on Facebook and I get fact-checked I get shut down whereas I have this direct connection through a friend of mine who has verified this story is true so yeah it's happening on Facebook um, I, I do engage in Twitter but I'm, I'm not sure how the restrictions are there to be honest with you Tim I'm, I'm sure it's not a whole lot different but we are in a process of continuing censoring of any idea or even professionals top vetted professionals who are saying a very contradictory thing about the narrative that's being put out
0: well i think it's very clear that we're living in an inverted world where you know the the term fact checker seems you know, very official and something you might wish to rely on but i think that that's already out of date as we've 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 discovered in previous weeks as well if you actually look into who is behind a lot of these fact checkers uh, they don't necessarily have any relevant credentials at all. And I think in one case, uh, one guy was a ex porn star and his partner was, uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, should we say a stunt woman in the same same production? So, I mean, is that, was that a really snope. a reliable.
4: Snopes.
0: Oh, really? That was was Snopes.
1: it Snopes? Yeah, it was Snopes.
0: That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. sorry, the name uh, disappeared for a second, but that's the one now. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to say all are the same. I mean, there's obviously, there are good fact-checking societies and companies out there, but, um, you know, it's not just about the branding and the logo and the title anymore. I think it really is so so important for us all to, to use our discernment and to check what is the source of our information.
4: Yep.
0: Well, tonight, Mark, is, uh, Mark Steele is a very, very reliable source of this information he has the knowledge he has the credentials he has the experience and he's one in court so I am delighted that he's going to join us shortly and I'm sure we have a lot of very very interesting questions for him
2: well I am so excited to bring our next guest on if you ever had questions about 5g this is the authority and you're going to find out why our honored guest tonight is Mark Steele He is an inventor, patent writer, product development engineer, and head-up display weapons system developer, specializing in nuclear technology, defense, and energy sectors. He grew up in Gateshead, UK, and currently resides in Newcastle, where he is the chief technology officer at Revue. At an early age, he had an interest in weapons and weapon systems. He later invented and designed a variety of weapon systems that were marketed. This experience allows him to understand and know what 5G is capable of. He points out that 5G has been used on the battlefield since the 1940s. Mark has been a technical advisor to Save Us Now since 2017. Save Us Now, a registered political party and movement fighting untested, dangerous technology deployments on the world's population. Welcome to the show, Mark. So good to have you here.
5: Hi. uh, It's good to be here. So we can can get the word out about what 5G actually is and not what the mainstream narrative for stating that it is. It's really important.
2: That's really important, and I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your background and a then later on we'll get into a court victory that you had, but I think the audience would really benefit by hearing your personal experience of this this technology and how you came to it.
5: Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I'm an engineer, and I have a material scientist background. But I fell into uh, weapon systems uh, and electromagnetic radiation weapon systems at a secret facility in Scotland for three years. Now I can't talk about that because it's covered under here. However, I left that particular uh, employment and I moved into the oil and gas industry. And obviously, because of my expertise on weapons, and I've got lots of background. I've always had an interest in weapon systems and weapon systems. Uh, you know, Operation Paperclip, some of the secret weapons programs, I knew quite a bit about electromagnetic radiation weapons and things that a lot of people don't and haven't been allowed to uh, sort of view in the public domain Have been kept off the, you know, out of the mainstream media. So it's always quite interesting when I hear something about a U.S. embassy getting attacked in uh, Moscow or Cuba, where people are suffering neurological disorders and, and the like, I understand that they are part of a microwave radiation weapons uh, deployment. So I then started to, I worked on a, a subsea uh, torpedo uh, target aquarium weapon system, and I was actually in instrumental in building some of the target aquarium rigs. So that also sparked my interest, but I then developed and designed a number of head up display systems to mitigate these weapon systems on the battlefield. So, basically, pilot helmets that have uh, weapon sight systems, ballistic helmets that have weapon sight systems. And I invented a binocular uh, waveguide, an optical waveguide to fit into a helmet. And that's where we tested it in a motorsports product called Review. It was a binocular uh, optical waveguide and it was to reflect the optical radiation to the near-eye area for the, uh, for the viewer so you could see behind you. But that was a test because we had the electronics uh, digitization uh, system to uh, be put into that particular product so that we could give visualization at the near-eye area without suffering uh, some of the uh, biological effects of light radiation. Light radiation is a known hazard, so there was evidence of some of the thermal sites, the infrared sites that were used in uh, Vietnam that damaged quite a number of uh, the uh, soldiers' eyesight. Infrared sites, so you have to be very, very careful about the type of weapon systems and the radiation that they emit, the optical radiation, which can be extremely uh, hazardous. So we knew about that and obviously the, the Apache helicopter helmet, some of the work that we did, we obviously bumped into a number of people who were developing these type of weapon side systems. So we gathered quite a lot of intelligence in relation to developing what we believed was the future for head of display systems. However, that company come under sustained attack from a US-based large technology company. And then there was a, uh, you know, everybody knows about the Google gas design. When I looked at that particular product in the first instance, I was appalled at the haphazard way that it had been put together because it was basically a projector from Texas Instruments projecting a light onto a waveguide, and that waveguide was being projected directly onto a person's retina. Now, optical radiation is quite powerful. Pulse-modulated optical radiation poses a significant risk to people's eyesight, and I couldn't understand how that product had ever been designed or even thought to be brought to market because it most certainly hadn't been fully risk assessed. And most certainly would pose a significant risk to anybody who would wear that particular piece of equipment. So I was absolutely appalled about that. Uh, but then we started to see a number of other what the uh, you know, Silicon Valley calls killer technology. Killer technologies coming out of this particular uh, area where these technologies hadn't been risk assessed or tested to be safe in relation to the biology, you know, the interface between uh, man and technology hadn't been risk assessed correctly so that they would prove to be safe over time. What I couldn't understand was why technology companies would want to bring to market technologies that would harm the customer. Because it is demonstrably uh, correct that optical radiation in itself, a known hazard, being poured into a person's eye from a pulse modulated uh, emission. Just, I couldn't make any sense of it. It was a bit like the virtual, you know the virtual reality headsets where they basically use a magnifying glass to focus radiation from a screen, uh, a, a, an LED or an OLED screen directly on the retina. That light radiation's not safe at about 200 millimeters from a user. so. Why anybody would think you could actually use a magnifying glass to focus that radiation on the retina was beyond my comprehension. But what it proved was that there'd be no test at all in relation to this particular type of technology. There'd be no tests, no safety tests. Well, bringing products to market that haven't been fully risk assessed in regards to safety, I was absolutely appalled. And obviously, a few years goes by, and then the next minute, which is all integrated with virtual reality headsets, 5G appears. Now, I was in the first instance. I believe that 5G was the fifth generation, you know, like 1G, 2G, 3G. They're just generations of a technological advance. And then I realized once, you know, we'd had these uh, transmitters fitted in the local area where I live in, Gateshead, And we started seeing children have nosebleeds. We started seeing people have uh, radiation burns, their backs, their legs, their breasts, women in particular, sore heads, bad eyes, anxiety. All of the uh, symptoms, because obviously I knew about some of the uh, biological effects of some of the work I'd done earlier when I was a young engineer. And we saw significant increase in the area And i would started posting on social media that the 5G transmitters that had been fitted to the streetlights, the LED streetlights, which are biologically toxic, once again, another experimental technology, in breach of the Nuremberg Code and a crime against humanity, those Mm -hmm. LED streetlights are biologically toxic. There are 450 nanometers frequency, as I learned, 450 nanometers. These are blue phosphor coated leds which are extremely dangerous and i was absolutely appalled about that particular issue and then we um you know i started investigating and there's a mark, dug into this win mark tool. mark yeah.
0: good, e- good evening this is timothy i'm very sorry but i love listening to what you're saying but we need to remember that we need to set the scene for our listeners you've gone straight into yeah. the groove which is fantastic i love hearing all about this, and we have so many questions for you. Andrew is here, Kintia is here, I'm also here as myself. May I just go back a little bit before we go into too many details, because we need to set the scene. Uh, I am delighted, because we've done a series of shows uh, on 5G and this sort of technology with a number of different guests, and all of them, you know, I respect their opinion greatly. However, many of them, uh, even most of them, I would say, have been a little bit, um, let's just say, apprehensive uh, when it comes to directly stating that this is a very harmful technology. That, that That's not necessarily 100 percent true, but what I'm trying to say is that most people use a caveat or say according to some reference or something, where what I know yeah. from your conversations, I've followed you for many years actually, and also from this conversation we've already started uh, only just a few minutes ago, is that you're going in guns blazing uh, you are highly oh, confident yeah. you're highly knowledgeable and you are what i believe is a hundred percent sure that 5g technology is harmful
4: uh, well i know but-
5: you, you see the the thing is tim 5g actually are no time because of weapon system uh, it was never ever designed for telecommunications. that's just smoke screen it's a masquerade now, I know there's a lot of technologies who are part of the development, but you see, in all weapon systems deployments and technology developments, they are compartmentalized for a reason. The, uh, the target aquarium torpedo system that I work on with BA systems, yes. it was compartmentalized so that what happens, nobody really knows what the actual purpose is. No. Until, you know, it's a little bit too late. And that's the issue with 5G you know, from autonomous cars, smart meters. The smart meter, which is part of the 5G deployment, it's all about densification so that an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse weapon, can be used. The issue with that, if you look at the capacity of smart meters, it is stratospheric compared to what that particular piece of equipment would need to be, Uh, you know, the energy output from a smart meter 150,000 times more powerful can be more powerful than a mobile phone device no, now i've, I've noticed this
0: so, also also i've noticed this with sorry i'm not meaning to cut you off but i'm just going back to the, the no. 5g transmitters itself themselves i've noticed that the the ones i've seen what i believe to be 5g transmitters they seem to have uh, massively over engineered power cables or cables exactly. that can take far more capacity of electricity and energy than actually should ever be required and i think that is also a telltale or a smoke signal that is um there's, uh, some, it's,
5: there's another yeah yeah exactly tim well that's how i the uh the street furniture the antennas obviously antennas and send signals in air you need very very low power for instance your mobile phone operates you know it's got a three and a half volt battery. You know, sometimes a little bit less than that. Your mobile phone can speak up to 40 kilometres. So you've got uh, transmitters, high power transmitters in street furniture. So obviously street lights, uh, transmitters on, uh, you know, traffic lights, all around the cityscape environment, which have capacity well over and above what we're being told that for. You know, for communicating back to a base station. All of this is a fake narrative, and mm-hmm. I know that because of the size of the equipment. The yes. Power, the power capability. See, in a product design, if I was going to, say, build an electrical uh, system, when it comes to, uh, you know, your, you know your, your, the, the layout of your equipment, whether it be the board, whether it be the capacitors, whether it be the transducers, everything Mark, that's on that Mark, board. I'm
0: really sorry, but we're going to come up on a break in a few seconds, and I, we're going to have some music, a little uh, outro, a little intro, and we can resume this on the other side. So, uh, let's right. take this up shortly. Okay. clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events.
2: Tune in for a balanced view
1: of the other side of the news.
6: And the other side of the news can be heard here on this network, on this channel, on this website, on this URL, every Friday evening, 2 hours, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. I warn you, you'll miss it at your own peril.
2: Welcome back. For those of you who are just joining us, the way to find the page is to go to theothersideofmidnight.com and look for the show called Man of Steel. It's on the other side of the news. That's this show. And tonight our guest is Mark Steele. He's a weapons engineer expert. And, Timothy, you were just... uh, engaging Mark in some interesting conversation here. So I'm going to hand it back to you.
0: Well, thank you, Mark. I mean, I've, I've followed you for a number of years and I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the show. And I have so many questions as does Andrew and uh, Kintia. However, I think we need to just take a few deep breaths to establish a few, few points here that, um, one, one of the things that, one of the questions which immediately comes to my mind just before the break was, you know, we, we can clearly see that this technology, which is being rolled out even during this COVID uh, pandemic uh, lockdown, whatever you like to call it, um, it seems that this it's absolutely paramount for the authorities to continue setting up the 5G uh, transmitters. Now they seem to be over over engineered for what they're meant to do, what we're, they're alleged to do. So the question comes to my mind is, you know, if this technology is firstly not being tested properly, secondly, we the people are the guinea pigs that are being actually, we are the test. And thirdly, you know, there's all sorts of questions, you know, are they harmful? Are they harmless? You know, some people who seem to be totally oblivious to any, any idea that these things are harmful at all. Other people like yourself are absolutely dead certain that they are harmful. And I understand that you've you've also made huge uh, waves in improving that in court. So would you like to tell us a little bit about that, please?
5: Well, the, the first, you know, the first I knew of this, uh, these uh, cellular systems, these microcells that were being fitted to street furniture, I had a number of neighbours, because obviously we know I'm a, you know, of, of course quite an interesting background, but I had a number of neighbours who knocked on my door, one in particular who told me that since the LED streetlights had been fitted, she was having nosebleeds every night. Uh, I found that quite interesting. Uh, that's, that's terrible. In the, well, in the first instance, I didn't believe that. Because obviously light radiation, I can tell you now, it doesn't cause nosebleeds. But what I noticed was this, small antenna on the top of the light and obviously radar operators suffer beads. um so i knew about that and i was quite concerned but i didn't really pay much attention i'd actually had a couple of uh you know i used to sleep really really well and i would started having some sleepless nights waking up in the midnight but didn't make the connection i've got blackout blinds in the home so obviously the led street lights most certainly weren't uh polluting my home because obviously I know that, you know, these lights aren't, it's what people say are safe. So it wasn't until I went, I was at a local shop, and I was talking to another neighbour, and a lady, I said, have you heard about, you know, I'm not going to mention her name, but have you heard about this particular neighbour who's telling me that she's getting nosebleeds uh, with the installation of these LED streetlights? And she then, had, she said to me, she said, well, I've never had nosebleeds nosebleed ever in my life. And this was a woman in her 50s. She said, until they put those LED streetlights and I started having nosebleeds every, every night. And that's when I thought, hang on a minute, there's something not right here. So I then took some uh, electromagnetic uh, measuring equipment, some meter and I metered the radiation in the first lady's room and it was seventeen hundred millivolts. May and I ask you
0: Mark, is, is this seventeen hundred mill- millivolts? Is this in Gateshead?
5: This is in Gateshead, yeah. It was in really? the bedroom. <laughs> it was in the bedroom, it was in the bedroom in Gateshead. Now I knew immediately that the Council of 1815 resolution, the maximum Martin expose you to long term is two hundred millivolts. The uh so I was, I was shocked. Um, I then measured the radiation in the other lady, the, other, the next lady's neighbour's home, and she was hitting about 1,200 millivolts. But I had these small antenna fitted to street furniture, I think only really about 10 metres from their bedroom windows. However, that was still very, very high for a, for a residence. And consequently, I did more investigation. And then I wrote to the council, the council were extremely evasive about the technology, but they did send us the product uh, data and who the company was. So I started investigating. Well, my first court of uh first protocol was to the FCC, because all antennas around the world have to be regulated by the FCC. So I'll, it was part 15 FCC approved. So I looked for the the, uh, the test, and when I Got the imagery sent back from the FCC on this antenna. I realised that the part of the imagery didn't fit with the standards. This approval. Uh, just visualising it. Now at this time, I hadn't actually, I didn't actually physically have a piece of the equipment. Uh, but within a very short period of time, I did actually end up getting my hands on here. Piece of I've, hardware. I've,
0: see, I've seen a video where you're actually, you know, looking, exploring the circuitry and looking at the antenna and looking at the chips and so on. I mean, I don't know if you can disclose how you came by it, but let's just say one fell into your hands and, you know, when That's you have it in I your hands,
5: arrested. really. That's the one I got arrested, I got arrested for. <laughs> got arrested what on earth was that. the charge? What was the charge? <laughs> uh, well, it was, they said it was uh, the Gated Council. Well, obviously, I, I did the breakdown on that particular piece of equipment as a 5G system. And obviously, Cater's council have denied that they've got 5G, but I got arrested for it anyway. So really, it was an admission to the council that they had 5G. However, from that investigation, I then found that that antenna was actually a target-acquiring piece of hardware. I was abs- I couldn't believe it. So I contacted. Uh, I've got some contacts in US Naval Research, uh, and I contacted uh, these one individual in particular and asked him the question. Can you just confirm to me what this is? And the guy said, "Well, you know what it is." I said, well, "I need a confirmation." <laughs> you knew
0: exactly what me. it was. Yeah,
5: yeah. I knew exactly what it was. I just couldn't believe. I couldn't believe what I was looking at and i then started i went on social media i started telling people that the equipment would kill them um the council got pretty upset about that and they took me to court to try and gag me so they set about uh, fabricated a case against me took me to court and they tried to gag me fortunately for me i'd actually spoke at i'd spoke at gated council uh to all of the counsellors where I explained that the equipment had been fitted illegally. It was an illegal fitment. This was radar, urban radar. And I was... They basically didn't take much notice. And then what I said to the chief executive as I left, I said, when this comes out, you will be going to prison. This is in breach of the Nuremberg Code, a crime against humanity. And I walked out. They then took me to court to try and gag me and one of the is the want a full gagging order to stop me posting on social media. They said I was frightening people in the local area. So anyway, we got the courts. Uh, the Gated Council has put out a press release, a fake forged press release to say that the equipment was safe. They cited a number of bodies, the World Health Organization as well as Public Health England but that's, that's of a trusted bodies,
0: organization isn't it yeah
5: yeah yeah. none of those bodies have said that these transmitters are risk-free they said there was no risk the world health organization have already identified transmissions as a class 2b carcinogen the public health thing that already classed the led street furniture is retinal cell toxic and will blind people so this was a document uh, purported to be from these organisations to tell the people at Gates that this equipment was safe. Anyway, May,
3: ma, it may, may I just or,
0: ask you very quickly, when you're talking about the, this is a different thing, isn't it? Because the 5G is, is a radio frequency, but the, when you say it's optically harmful, is that because of the stroboscopic effect from the, the light uh, emitting diode it's itself, all, or it, is, it, is it also radio frequency?
5: It's all, well, all light, all, 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 Electromagnetic radiation travels at the speed of light. Right? Mm-hmm. We obviously, its definitions, obviously the scientific um, definition, when I talk about light radiation, I'm talking about in the terahertz. What okay. we would okay. suggest is the visible, visible light spectrum, but it's all light all mm. all radiation is light; it all travels at the speed of light However, one hundred and
0: eighty six thousand miles per second, whatever it is exactly. yeah. you, yeah. you, what you
5: what we'll do is we we we'll basically chop it up into pieces so people can understand it in a more you know sensible and let's see a layman's terms perspective so you've got megahertz gigahertz terahertz, then you move into uh you know x rays. Uh, and then you move into cosmic rays, gamma rays, so where it gets very, very dangerous. But the only difference between it is its compactness. It's all the same thing. It's just it it has different aspects in the visualization of what we live in as what we call Earth. It's all the same. It's basically just energy and air. It's all about frequency. It's all about energy and air. So the... uh, I was pretty concerned. When I got the uh, the documents back about this piece of hardware, it said it was part 15 FCC approved. Now, a part 15 FCC approved antenna at 30 meters can emit no more, let's see if I was the meter, it would be no more than five millivolts at 30 meters. It's the same as the one that's in your deck phone, you know? Pretty innocuous, not going to be dangerous. We were measuring from minimum 600 millivolts to three and a half thousand millivolts at at least 10 meters from these transmitters. Because obviously there's varying uh, radiation levels, it all depends on architecture and all the rest of it. But that was the wide range. But we were averaging in gates and in bedrooms 1,200 millivolts and the European guideline is 200. The Council of Europe, the international courts have deemed 200 as a reasonable level of radiation for long term. However, the Bioinitiative report, it states that the radiation level should be no more than 30. Now, the Bioinitiative report, there were scientists, very, very uh, well-educated in this particular field. Experts in the field say should be exposed to no more than 30 millivolts long-term. The courts, however, took a more pragmatic view, because obviously there's a lot of radiation about, took a more pragmatic view and said 200. We were minimum 600, averaging 1200, and I had up to 3,500 millivolts in bedrooms and in gated. So, what and is two this two, extra power for?
0: I mean, Mark, seriously, this is like minimum three times more than the legal limit, and up to what, I don't know, 17 times, 17 and a half times yes. the legal limit. So, what on earth is this power for?
5: Well, the, when, I, when I got my hands on the equipment and started looking at the antenna design and the power capacity of the antennas, See, the council said it was a control management system so it could switch the lights on and off. The lights were on all over the borough. It wasn't for switching lights on and off. This was urban radar, and each, each single antenna was a single element in a massive radiation array. So basically, a radar scanning piece of equipment, mass amounts of radiation. I mean, we had 31,000... 875 transmitters in a very small area so you can understand that the increase in radiation was significant however it was even more significant it was more powerful than what uh, you, you know what these antennas had been approved to significantly more powerful which was very very worrisome to me and when i actually looked at the antenna design the antenna design is a target acquiring weapon and I can shoot a signal using that antenna by collimating or using the offset phase, the rear uh, part of the antenna capability to scan, to radiate the scan, to see, but to shoot radiation signals at your targets in the area. Now, obviously, you can understand most people, you tell them, you know, your local council if you spend £75 million of money putting a target acquired weapon system in a light head, they're going to laugh at you. They're going to think it's unbelievable. Well, I tell people it's unbelievable because I couldn't believe it, and I'm an expert. Consequently, I was absolutely, you know, shocked to the courts. the reason why I spoke to the guy the, uh, in the U.S., who I yes. knew, uh, U.S. naval research officer, who I knew exactly he knew, and I knew exactly what it was. However, since then, I did a talk in um, Sheffield at the Democratic Veterans Conference on 5G and the fact that in all its technical parameters, it is a weapon system masquerading as a telecommunication system. And I know that that video was taken, was passed to the White House. It was only some months later that Donald Trump set up the Electronic Defence Task Force in
0: the US to look in. Yes. Yeah. So, so Mark, when, when we're talking about this overkill in, in power into the, uh, the power lines, uh, which are driving these transmitters, which are massively over um, the, the minimum legal, well, sorry, I should say it's the maximum legal limit. Then is this about surveillance, or is it about actually going one step further and, uh, you know, causing harm? I think we may have lost. Huh?
4: Okay. Well, we're back.
0: Is... We're all. We dropped out just for a few seconds there, Mark. I was just asking well, you a question
5: i'm pretty sure we got cut off for a reason i was pretty the it is amazing how i mean now i've got a full signal yeah and we did drop off just at the yeah uh, uh, the crucial point. The, point the crucial <laughs> point yeah <laughs>
4: yeah
0: well i was just asking a question I, I i'm sorry if i missed something from your side i was just asking that really you know if, if we have these overpowered transmitters and overpowered tran- uh, power feeds and so on you know which is like several times more than the maximum uh, legal limit obviously many times over between what three and 17 times over then is it just about surveillance or is it more is is it actually no. about harming people
5: i can uh, i can scan your home with a 12 volt handheld scanner the equipment the one of one milliwatt the maximum a human to is one milliwatt
4: mm-hmm. and
5: these transmitters on the street furniture are 25. Now, if, I want to scan, if I want to scan your home and use a lot less power than, than that, uh, if, if I want to see through your home, and especially in the sub-gigahertz, sub-gigahertz frequencies travel through concrete brickwork with ease. Everybody knows that because you're 2.4 gigahertz. If you put your Wi-Fi router uh, search on there, now you'll see all the neighbors' Wi-Fi come through your home. That's 2.4 2.4 is a higher frequency, so it doesn't travel as well through brick brickwork and concrete. Sub-gigahertz travels through concrete and brickwork at ease. It's for urban environment radar, so I can see through a cityscape at distance. These antennas on the street furniture have a 15-kilometre footprint. We've got one every few yards in on top of every piece of street furniture. And if I wanted to scan your home, I don't need anything near that type of power density to be able to see in your home, to be able to record, listen. All, all illegal, by the way. These, this equipment can see you and can hear you all in breach of your human rights, you know, your right to life. Because this is what I'm going to say, the, the, the catastrophic effect of that type of radiation over time will cause significant uh, mental health problems, biological problems, basically, you know, harming the, uh, harming the people, but also killing off the uh, small insects, environmental crime, anything that gets in within close proximity in the near field, the near field of those transmitters is about seven metres, mm-hmm. anything in the near field of that transmitter will be killed. So, so- pollinate as birds, we see birds sitting on the top of those uh, streetlights, basically getting warmed up by the radiator, by the way. You know, in the winter, we see a lot of birds sitting on there getting cooked literally cooked. They just think they're getting heated up a little bit because obviously it's a little bit chilly. But they'll go away and die. It'll fry their kidneys, uh, kill the eggs inside them, you know, anything. So it's an environmental crime.
4: Mm-hmm. Without,
5: the, you know, if, if, if you just put the fact that it's, a little bit more sinister, that, you know, these, this equipment's been fitted without any environmental impact analysis no health impact analysis. And we ended up in court with Gateshead Council where they tried their damnness to gag me. the fabricated evidence against me. The mayor said I went to attack her in the, uh, in the council chamber. The, the chief executive confirmed that in her statement that I went to go for her as well. In the, fortunately for me there was a uh, a citizen in the public gallery who videotaped the whole proceedings which we presented to the court and when the judge looked at those that video evidence he yes. looked at the chief executive and asked her where is Mr. Steele in this video going for you she couldn't even answer and that was part of a conspiracy by the council to cover up the crime that they had committed on the people. Now since then they've started removing in the multi million pound cover up than removing the antennas as we speak because oh, really? the antennas yeah yeah they're removing them all. They're removing all those antennas to cover up the crime that they had committed. We have a minimum People who I knew personally, my own brother, my own cousin, all they, you know the, the, the children, they, my cousin's daughter lost a baby, my brother's son lost a baby. We had twenty women in my near locality in the, you know in the, but in a small area, all lost babies at near full term and the exposure from the radar system from that, those transmitters. And obviously the evidence, terrible. the science goes with that. It was horrendous. And we had children having nosebleeds, we had ch- people having skin burns, radiation burns, all reported to the police while the police ignored and covered it up. In fact, a number of people who complained to Northumbria police I won an IOPC case against the police for the non-investigation of what I said was genocide. This is mm-hmm. the Independent Office for Police Conduct. So I won my case against Northumbria police and they have still refused to investigate this crime.
0: This, this is fantastic news. Not, not all of the harm that people have gone through, but it's fantastic news that you and your group have turned this around. I mean, Gateshead, I've got no idea why on earth Gateshead was you know, chosen as the first city, I believe, in the UK to to test 5G technology and, and, this, uh, well, and these antennas. I think
2: it's because there's a higher power in New that Mark was the man. Because well, who else would have caught that. I mean... Really, who else would have caught that? There is a collective consciousness that is wanting a beneficent outcome here. And we need someone who understands the language of weapons. And Mark stepped forward. So what a perfect place for them to initiate this trial. Perfect for us.
5: Well, it was a massive mistake because obviously in the court case, a gated counselor said I was a conspiracy theorist there was no merit in the science I'd made it all up basically and I was terrifying the population the judge however after after he'd reviewed the video evidence to show that the counselor basically trumped up a number of the evidence uh, against me uh, basically to try and get me gagged he then reviewed my skeleton argument my skeleton argument was quite clear this equipment is illegal it is unlawful it will harm the citizen it is a breach of the human rights crime against humanity uh, and i set out all the technical parameters of the equipment that had been installed the judge stated i was very very expert not a conspiracy theorist and that the public had a right to know the 5g risk must be debated that was his words reported in the international press the 5G risk must be debated. We have had no debate. There's been no debate, and the reason there was no test, no debate, is because they know 5G, as I know, is a weapon system only. It is only masquerading as a telecommunications system, and the reason why the United States of America have taken seriously this issue and have banned any of the Chinese weaponry from coming into the US.
0: Well, that that's very big news, especially this week as well. I, I sorry, Kinty, I didn't want to jump on your uh, your conversation there, but this is a very big piece of news this week in the UK. Let's just backtrack very 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 quickly after this. Uh, delirium that went on for about three and a half years in the uk called brexit or the debate to try and wriggle out of brexit after the people voted for brexit um the government finally uh managed to sort of regain consciousness and to start working in a forward direction this is obviously all in my opinion um and uh one of the very first big decisions that boris johnson the the prime minister had to make was whether he was going to go forward with huawei as the supplier of the uh as, as the main supplier for the 5g technology for a lot of different systems all the way through to all but i think mark the central core of of uh, the uk intelligence which is pretty risky the americans were against it i think most people are against it. i think the australians were against it the new zealand was against it and so on um but yet somehow Boris Johnson, and bless him, decided that he was going to go forward with Huawei. But this week, uh, and we're only talking what one year later, something along those lines. Uh, one of the big decisions this week is to reverse, to do a U-turn on Huawei infrastructure in 5G. Um, one of the links this evening in in uh, in my uh, fast links on on the, the the other side of the news webpage is about the, who is the, who's leading the game in, in the patent uh, war on 5G. And Huawei is right up there as the, the, biggest, uh, the biggest patent holder at the moment. But when you look at the small print about the UK, and I think it's not all about the UK, but the point is that this is a kind of a catalyst for what may happen around the rest of the world, is that when Huawei will be uh, brought out of circulation, um, I believe that's the intent by the government, then they have something in the region of 10 years to actually make this re- technology redundant or to take it out of the system. Uh, 10 years is a hell of a long time, and also 10 years takes that sort of magical twenty thirty year, which so many people talk about, um, where we have autonomous cars, we have uh, AI, we have all sorts of other things coming in, like some sort of new utopia or dystopia. But hey, this is just buttering the toast on this side of the break. We'll be back after the music.
6: The Other Side of Midnight.com. Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Search the archives. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. The membership costs $9.95 a month.
0: to the other side of the news. I am delighted to be joined by my co-host, Andrew Curry and Kinthea. And tonight in our show, Man of Steel, we have a fantastic guest this evening, Mark Steele. Now, we are talking about many, many different aspects of this 5G technology, and uh, some of it is is really jumping into the groove. But uh, let's just uh, go back to some of the mainframe points here at the moment. We are currently talking about the technology which is, from Mark's point of view, clearly very, very harmful. It's by no accident. Uh, Gateshead has been a test center in terms of testing this technology on on human beings. We have the court case, which Mark uh, has been Come away uh, as as a winner, I believe, and it's not. It's all about joy and and rejoicing, but it's it's about the fact that it did turn things around, and this can be a catalyst for the rest of us. We also are talking about the uh, the just before the break about how Huawei, the Chinese uh, supplier, and maybe just just give you a little bit of background information about this. Huawei is. Uh, I don't know if actually in wholly owned by or certainly partly owned by the Chinese government. And in the uh, company setup, it means that any data which is recorded by Huawei de- listening devices or 5G devices, communication devices, can be supplied and given to the Chinese government on command. So, therefore, let's just say we have a, uh, an infrastructure in the UK and it's communicating with, uh, you know, let's say, secret information or, or certainly um, confidential information, and if it's going through Huawei technology, then at a certain point, the Chinese government actually has the right, according to their current setup, to access that information. And Of course, that is why it's been such a, a major uh, negative selling point, and that's why the Americans and New Zealanders and uh, Australians have been dead against this technology. Mark, would you like to add anything to this uh, this new uh, chapter we're just embracing now?
5: Yeah, the, the, what, one of the one of the main uh, technical parameters for uh, 5G's backhaul. <clears throat> what backhaul? Backhaul a really nice uh, name called spying. They call it backhauling for a reason. So, the equipment can interrogate all devices in your home. Can obviously crack into a number of your different passwords and basically interrogate every single device in your home to back all the data back to a central command. Now, if that equipment is owned, apart from it being a weapon system, it is also a significant uh, risk to, you know, any confidential data. Like I said before, the phased array technology. I can scan an environment, and let's say you have Wi-Fi in your home or some other emitter in your home. As you speak, that causes disturbance in that, in that uh, frequency, and I can pick that up, I can digitize that, and I can turn the information. So let's say you are talking in your own home. I can hear what you're saying with a 5G transmitter network, back and back all that data back to a central point so 5g has the capability to hear people it also has the capability to see people but it also has the most important thing and that is to shoot a direct energy beam what's called a weapon d e w people go and look this up if they want again fire a direct energy beam at a target that then Becomes a weapon if that target is a person. And I can target a person if you have a mobile phone. If unfortunately you've had a vaccination, a vaccination that has uh, metal contamination in it, which most vaccinations have got tungsten uh, nanoparticulates, aluminium nanoparticulates, I can see you and I can shoot you without any problem at all and that's the imagery that was saw in Wuhan Wuhan province was a test bed for the vaccination and 5G deployment the vaccinations undoubtedly were contaminated and with these metal contaminated uh, inexplicable uh, tungsten uh, nanoparticulates which allows me to light you up like a Roman candle with 5G. So let's and just put that, I
0: mean, I know that you've done a lot about head up display design in the past as well. I mean, let's just visualize this for our listeners. Are you saying that the technology can be very easily reversed so that somebody can look on a, uh, a monitor and they can literally see, I don't know, the, the layout of a room and they can actually see like the outline of, of a human being if they've had a certain yeah. vaccination? Is it that accurate?
5: Well, if, without, the, without the vaccination, you would look like a, a ghost. You're a ghost-type image, which is very, very difficult for me to target you. So I can see you, but I can't lock onto you and I can't target you. But if you've had a vaccination uh, which has got metal contamination in it, which we know, as a matter of fact, most vaccinations now have metal contaminants in them. Well, I heard
0: some of them have mercury in them as well. Is that right? Mercury or oxide got or mur- mercury a, a
5: derivative? Yeah, got lots of nasties. The most, the most critical one is tungsten, and obviously the really? tungsten in the nano in a vaccine, I can target those. Uh, you would, it would, it, it would make you up uh, as an. You are already an antenna, but your biological antenna, and you operate at completely different frequencies to what the emitter, these 5G transmission uh, emitters are. However, if you've got metal contamination in your body, I can see you, I can basically visualize exactly who you are. I can target certain parts of your body with the direct energy weapon part of the equipment. I can hear you, I can see you, and I can shoot you. So if you get a vaccination that's contaminated, then that that increases increases your risk of uh, death, un, un, unfortunately, because that can cause uh, pneumonia. can cause uh, pulmonary edema, which exhibits as like pneumonia. That can cause uh, fibrosis in the lung. And one of the interesting things about the, you know, the postmortems, the World Health Organization and governments around the world have decided that because of this coronavirus. They don't want uh, the medical community to carry out uh, post-mortems. Now, I'm pretty sure that the reason they don't want to do that is because what they'll find, as they did in the post-mortems in Italy, as Italians normally don't do as they're told, hidden in this instance, which is fortunate for the rest of the world, they found coagulation of the blood, microwave radiation. They also found uh, fibrosis, so scarring in the lung, and pulmonary edema all symptomatic of microwave radiation pollution
0: is this also like this high altitude sickness that i think there was a, a particular doctor out of new york somewhere that I, again I, I forget his name but um wasn't he saying that when he was examining some of these patients that it was less like a pneumonia or bronchial problem Uh, More like uh, they just suffered uh, alcohol, excuse me, alcohol, oxygen starvation at high altitude, like they'd been up Everest or they'd been in a plane without, and the oxygen supply was cut.
5: Oxygen starvation is the number of ways you can occasion oxygen starvation uh, Mm -hmm. in 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 an environment. Certain frequencies, 60 gigahertz, for instance, that will cause oxygen starvation. I can accelerate the oxygen, Without actually, there's a number of things that can do. Uh, it's, ju- it's just not one um, piece of kit that can be used. If you use 60 gigahertz, you can accelerate the electron. Because obviously the 60 gigahertz, it attenuates in the oxygen molecule and it causes like an energy field in there which accelerates the electron. I can accelerate that so the hemoglobin cannot pick it up. So you will suffer oxygen starvation and exhibit pulary edema, which is, looks identical to um, altitude sickness. And that's what we saw in New York. We know 5G was, 5G was deployed in New York. We know there's a lot of people died of that particular um, effect. What I'm saying is it most certainly was 5G with a combination of a flu job. Now, there will be people who probably may have died who didn't get the flu jab. However, it'll be more exposure to the 5G transmission. So microwave radiation is an immune system suppressant in the first instance. 90, giga, 90 megahertz, sorry, the, the 900 megahertz frequency actually activates, it basically increases the virility of uh, kybcella pneumonia. It's a pathogen in the body, all people carry it. It's a pathogen in the body that causes pneumonia. So, 900 megahertz will increase the pathogen's uh, virility, and that causes pneumonia type symptoms. We also have the evidence of that, which, you know, there's lots of evidence out there where we can activate these uh, pathogens. The herpes simplex, simplex virus pathogen. Uh, can be activated at 50 hertz. So it shows the interconnectivity between electromagnetic radiation and these pathogens, which are well-documented, published, peer-reviewed well-documented, where they haven't been contested. That's really important evidence to show the uh, significant risk to the environment and to people in particular from the 5G deployment.
0: Mark, may I ask you a question about the, it's just a, maybe a, a wild stab in the dark, but do you think there's a correlation between this ridiculous six feet, two meter uh, antisocial distancing rule and the ability to scan a singular person through this technology?
5: Well, the, intro, the, the very interesting thing about the two meter rule, let's see if I was to target a choir, and shoot a person the 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 emission from the 5g transmitters they're a bit if you could see them obviously they're non-visual so you can't see them it's not exactly like a laser all right you know some of the systems are called lasers they're collimated coherent uh, radiation signals in air you operate in the non-visible spectrum however they act more like lightning now if I, so it skitters, what's called skittering. So if I was to skitter a uh, radiation emission at you mm-hmm. as an individual, let's say I wanted to target you, you've got a mobile phone with you, so I know who you are. Um, yes. You've had the vaccination, I can see you.
4: I certainly haven't.
5: Me. Yeah, well, if I, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't, now you So if I, yeah. if I, if I, if I fire the shot at you, unfortunately, if you're two metres apart from anybody else, I can drop you, as we saw in Wuhan province, where people are just basically it was a test bed for the weapon where I can shoot you and you just drop on the floor. If you let's say you were standing in a group of people, I'm probably gonna shoot them all. So I'll drop five or six people. Now that would be a pretty inexplicable. I know they've got this, you know, they've got this very clever virus that can cause Kawasaki, these basic radiation burns on the body, it's quite clever because it causes um, you know, uh, pulmonary edema, a cardiovascular edema and causes fibrosis. It's like very clever virus, this one. causes coagulation of the blood. All of the uh, microwave radiation symptoms, believe it or not. However, if I was to shoot you with a uh, high-frequency radiation uh, emission, and you were standing in a group of people, how would they explain five or six people collapsing on the street all at the same time? So if I've got you in a distance, you know, a couple of meters away from, let's say, a target, then I could pick you up, you could drop down dead in the street,
4: mm-hmm. where your
5: lungs would fill up with blood, uh, you'd bleed from the mouth, as we saw in Wuhan, we have pictures, I have pictures of people being shot with this equipment, where they were bleeding from the orifices, or bleeding out the mouth.
0: Now that's uh, I mean, very, that's very send... interesting. Our guest last last Friday, guys, Andrew Kintia, our guest last Friday, he was saying also that this COVID uh, is manifesting itself in people bleeding to death. Andrew, I think you were, you had a question about that last week, didn't you?
1: uh yes um uh <laughs> caught me off guard there tim dr
2: wallach dr. sorry about wallach. that
1: was it wallach
2: or... dr wallach was saying was. that they were bleeding to death
1: oh that's right internally internally yes he was saying it yeah
0: well mark is it. saying externally but i mean i guess it comes from somewhere so it, it's uh it's it's amazing well, get,
5: t- I say amazing it's <clears throat> If I hit you with a sub gigahertz, a lot of these frequencies will travel directly through the body. However, if you've got tungsten nanoparticulates, they will eviscerate your uh, system. So, wherever those nanoparticulates have resided, whether in your lung, the cardiovascular system, they will eviscerate those cells because I will oscillate them. I'm sending a pulse modulated frequency so those nanoparticulates act as an antenna. Well, will shatter your cells to pieces, you will bleed internally, you'll die, and you'll drown in your own... Well, if you don't die immediately from the shot, you'll bleed to death internally, or you will drown in your
1: own uh, fluids in your lung. So, Mark, it's Andrew here. I've been sitting back, you know, absolutely... Transfixed and fascinated by what you're saying, and obviously, as Tim has said, you're you're quite an expert in this field. So, you know, one of the terms that you keep using is um, "weapons system." You know, obviously, you said this is coming from a weapons-based background. Well, if we're using terms terminology like "weapons system," then we're presaging the idea of war. Um, I guess my question is, I mean, I don't know if you're qualified to answer this or you have your own speculations. But who is at war? Is it, you know who are they and and who are they after? Is it and if they're at war with us, then uh, you know where are we going with this? Do you know what I mean? Like well, if, if this is yeah, go ahead. The the deep state have declared war on you. They've declared war without
5: telling you, which is illegal. The, they've actually declared war on civilians, which is also illegal. So there's an illegal war going on, without a doubt. I can tell by the equipment uh, and the deployment of this equipment. This is a war. They have declared war. They just haven't told you, which in itself, under international law, is a crime. So the declared war on the civilian population. For who's who's behind it? I'm not really sure who's exactly mm. behind it. And you know, I don't go in for conspiracy. I just I stick to the science and the technicalities of the subject because obviously that's what I understand more than anything other. So if we stick to the science and the technicalities, they are absolutely un, uh, you know, question them. There may be people who want to ask questions, and probably you know the biggest issue that they have is the fact that they can't believe this. Well, you know, they, well, neither can I. You know, I find difficulty believing what I've actually discovered here and what I've been telling people for the last few years. I understand people finding great difficulty in understanding what I'm talking about. But unfortunately, you know, it fits with the technicalities of what's being installed and the contamination. There is no reason at all why a vaccination would have tungsten nanoparticulates in it unless I was going to use it as a bioweapon to attack or kill somebody.
1: Or possibly could it possibly be to integrate us? I mean, if we're talking about metals and we're talking about frequency, and there's been a lot, you know, we we in in our mainstream at least, there's a lot of talk about transhumanism—the idea of merging with technology. Could that be another aspect? It's something that we've we've touched upon here and there in our shows, but um, is that something that could be a possibility too? And maybe we're maybe the idea is to find those parts of human. I mean, like with every you know, like we're evolving all the time, right? And it, it, humanity, like any life form, we're going to adapt. Is there, you know, I mean, this is speculative, but is there an idea out there that, well, the people who are strong enough will adapt to a new integration system and become, well, to coin a, a Star Trek term, a Borg-like networking of humanity? Is that is that where we're, is, could that be part of it? It's a, it's a, very, it's a very interesting point, and I, I'm going to put it like this. Biology...
5: Biology was uh, created by the Creator. ya. the the illusion that say that we live in we are we are we are light energy, right? So we're a lot more powerful than anything that anybody can actually throw at us. However, if we go away from the Creator's source, what the Creator created, then unfortunately you lose that light energy. So of the light, the ability to have the power of what we really are. We are a lot more powerful than what, you know, most people can imagine. You know, your imagination, I've got quite a large imagination because that's why I'm a a successful inventor. I invent things because I've got an imagination. Well, the imagination, it's all a party to universal forces. I didn't invent those things. Those things I invented, I didn't invent them. It's universal forces, it's universal energy fields that actually were party to, you know, those products, those ideas all coming into fruition. Mm. So the, you know, the energy that we are is significantly more energetic and a little bit more sophisticated than the blunt instrument that the satanic cabal want to deploy against us. However... If we don't understand who we are, haven't got the knowledge, then unfortunately we will succumb to the satanic deployment of this equipment. Because, you know, people say to me, well, you know, you're you, you starting to go on the spiritual aspect of this. There is a spiritual aspect to this. You only have to look at the symbols and the signs. Right. You know, the apple apple with the bite out of I it. Mean, it's the first thing. You don't have to look at the signs of Google. Some of the uh, satanic symbology the 666 of vodafone the o2 i mean o2 one of the largest telecommunications companies in the world o2 o2 oxygen starvation the 60 gigahertz frequency that o2 are going to use are most certainly going to steal your breath so we see this you know i can't breathe the masks they're working in circles you know that that now currently putting maps down for people to walk around office buildings and supermarkets in that counterclockwise <laughs> it's all a satanic ring. I mean if people can't s I mean a lot of people can't see it.
1: Unfortunately I not see it. It's as plain as day. Yeah. Mark, um you okay, you brought up some really good points um that Yeah, I know they're difficult and I know it's it's mixed into imagination and but I think this is the key. I mean uh, we talk about this a lot on the show and behind the scenes that, I mean, you said a few things here. You go, you know, we're, we're more than just this sort of biological material that we are. I mean, if we have a sense of spirituality, a sense of the deeper sense of self, like, you know, like, Kinthea talks often about, and she probably wants to chirp in about this. I, I think you're right. I think what's, you know, we, we, we're, we're more than, and I think what we've been sort of entrained to believe is that we're less... Than. And I think you're right in terms of using imagination because it, it opens up doorways and universes that are absolutely spectacular. And they do, for me at least, because being an artist primarily, or always, I find that working in a creative world frees me. I can create my own worlds. And what I'm noticing with humanity is that we're pinning ourselves in like a giant planetary prison population and it's it's you know it's like people have forgotten they've shut the gateways off to their own creative imaginings and i think that's a big part of it here and so when you that's one quality but the other thing you keep saying is and i agree with you is some sort of i mean if if we use the term satanic that's fine for you what does satanic forces mean like what is that exactly for you It, it just in a speculative manner if you're willing to talk about that yeah,
5: well, we, we we all have instinctive good and evil in us, all right? We're all party. We're all source. So, you know, you talked about before about art. Artistic, uh, you know, most people who have a, a creative um, aspect to them, that creation is from source. So, you know, it's it's like my inventions. You know, some of them, some of the invention I used to have is to think, well, where did that come from? Mm. Well, I'm not arrogant enough or I haven't got the ego to say that it I'm, I'd, I'd have nothing to do with it at all. Because mm. unfortunately for me, from an egotistical perspective, I understand about the quantum world. So I understand about the simulation hypothesis and the fact that this is we're all on a journey. I'm just along here for the ride all right, it's all part of a film, we are just a, well, act isn't a film, all right, that's the way I look at it, so act isn't a film, I'm just along for the ride, I'm not saying that you don't have to act, because you do have to act to create, yeah. so you create, but you're creating from source, they're not your creations, it's like the songs, you hear this fantastic song, and you think about it, and you think, we a it, you know, that is absolutely fantastic, well, they didn't create it, It was from source. So the source creates it all. It's all the creation. So you're the creator created it all. He created all the songs. And it's in the songs. You only have to listen to some of the songs to see what people are singing about. And believe it's all part of the prophecy. If you start to understand these things, I mean, I didn't, by the way, a couple of years ago, I thought you were absolutely crazy if you'd even mention this to me. Oh. I've had my eyes opened up, absolutely, because I've had a lot of people come to me over the last year or so in particular, and one individual in particular, uh, a prophet, just totally blew my mind. I mean, absolutely blew my mind, completely, because I was not a religious... Well, I'm not a religious person, I'm going to tell you, because religion's all party too. Satan has dominion over the earth. He absolutely has dominion over the earth. That's why... These Satanists who sold their soul to Satan are in these positions of great power. However, this is their time of reckoning because what they have to remember, Satan's not a fallen angel. Satan works for you This is a test. This is a test of people, and those that went and did the wrong thing because they knew they were doing wrong, it's time for them to ask for forgiveness. There's always time for forgiveness. They've got to start getting on their knees and praying to Yaw for forgiveness, because if they don't, I'm gonna drag them down that road to hell, that's what
1: I'm here for. Hmm. Interesting. Um, now I know we're coming up on a break and I'm sure um, we're gonna have a lot of more questions. I know I have a few things. I'd actually like to relate a story after the break, if I may, with everybody here. It will just take a couple of minutes. Um, it's uh, got to do, actually, Mark, with music and with creativity and with songs and with situations that happened to me,, um, oh, years ago, but it made a very profound effect in my life. And I know we've veered way away from our 5G, but I think it's an integral part of this, you know, and I, I think and I'd like to share that story with, with everybody after the break to see if it resonates with you on some level. Um, if that's so, if I may, with everybody. But anyways, everybody, we're um, you're on the other side of the news, and we are talking about 5G and even bigger cycles beyond that. With our wonderful guest from the UK, Mark Steele. My name is Andrew Curry. I'm here with Timothy Saunders and Kinthea, and we will be back when the music ends.
6: TheOthersideOfMidnight.com other side of
1: everyone you're on the other side of the news and my name is Andrew Curry I'm your co-host tonight today this afternoon wherever you are on this planet along with Timothy Saunders and Kinthea and we're interviewing Mark Steele a specialist in 5g technology and the dangers the absolute horrific consequences of being of installing this technology around us near us and uh yeah it's pretty devastating and we need to stand up and pay attention to this and we need to work at the local level to oppose this i you know i have uh um you know all of us get messages from from listeners and i have one listener who's actually fairly close to me where i live here in uh in vancouver and he uh talked about with me over an email correspondence about you know getting certain speakers to come in you know people like mark really uh, to come and talk to local municipalities about these issues and about the dangers, because it seems a lot of people, even those that may be marshalling in this technology and this network, whatever it is, that we're, we're talking about here, they really don't understand the consequences. Is that fair to say, Mark?
5: Absolutely. We, we found that in Gearshead. You know, the, the, when they took me to court, our technologists didn't have a clue. Obviously, they came up in court. I questioned them over the uh, the deployment. I asked them about the technology. They were referencing the manufacturer's um, but oh, basically, okay. blurb. Yeah. And as I interrogated that uh, narrative, obviously, I knew enough about the technology to know that it wasn't what the manufacturer was saying it was. These people are fitting equipment, they've got no understanding at all of the existential threat it poses to the environment and the community. However, the council had broken the law on a number of issues. There was no public consultation, there was no environmental or human, uh, environmental or health impact analysis because if they'd carried out any of those statutory requirements, this technology would have failed, and it would have failed demonstrably. And that was where they had broken the law. But they had been basically corralled to put this under the UN Resilient Cities agenda, where, you know, this carbon dioxide CO2 reduction narrative, which is totally false, a totally fake narrative. I mean, CO2, if anybody thinks um, that CO2's got any actions at all in relation to increasing temperature. If anything, CO2 increase actually reduces the temperature of the Earth. It's the exact opposite. It's the green gas. It's what plants need to produce, you know, more oxygen and actually reduce the temperature of the planet, not the other way around. It's totally, you know, everything I see on the mainstream media is 180 degrees away from the truth. It's the exact opposite. So, you know, where you get these organizations where, you know, they talk about liberal and human rights, They are the exact opposite, like the United Nations. they are a, 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 an organization full of lots of good-intended people. However, the process and the structure that they've set up is a totalitarian
1: Nazi state apparatus. Yeah, I... I... I'm aligned with you a lot on that mark it's um, very peculiar the people who are involved in that organization and in fact a lot of these non-democratic you know selective type councils and associations that seem to operate way outside of the sphere of having uh, letting any of us you know, whether we're educated or not, or need to be educated, have some sort of influence on who is takes those positions. And then we see who who's in our health departments, you know, who sort of represents, I'm not sure how it works in the UK, but here in Canada, sort of provincially, we have these people positioned uh, in each province who are called our sort of health officer. And when you look into their backgrounds, they all have a long track record it with the who it's very very interesting there's there's a lot of correlation mark i wanted to share a really quick story with you guys with with everybody here and, and the audience obviously now before i lose that track because i want to see if it relates to some of the sort of spiritual qualities we're talking about so a long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far far away No, but like about 20 years ago um when I was uh playing in a in a in a rock band a little garage rock band, I was the lead singer played a little rhythm guitar um, we We had a really great time we We did a lot of um rock and roll a lot of um covers of classic rock and stuff and we did like you know house parties and open mics and bars and stuff and we had we had a great time We wrote a lot of our own music too anyways, one of our pinnacle moments was a Halloween party um in a house party it was uh some friends. And I, and I tell you, it was one of the most extraordinary experiences I have. And, and I'll let me lay it out really quickly. So I was, you know, it was darkened and we're all, you know, we were all dressed for sort of a Halloween theme and, and I'm singing away there and all my bandmates are around me and I'm belting out the words. And I tell you, Mark, there was a moment where as I'm singing and I'm looking at the crowd, I had this feeling I'm looking at everybody's eyes. I knew there were people outside. And for one instantaneous 2nd I felt like I was connected to every single person in and around that home. Literally like a network. And I thought and for a moment my ego just got like overinflated and I and I and I was full of myself. And in that moment, Mark, everything inside of me while everything was very loud on the outside, but everything inside of me suddenly went super super quiet. And there was like a darkness and it was super, super quiet. And I heard a voice. Now, when I say a voice, I don't mean like it was a disembodied voice, you know, speaking to me. But somewhere inside of me, I heard the most sultry, most sensuous, most convincing voice that said to me in the darkness, and it was around it was wrapping around the base of my skull. Like it was coming from my neck. And it said and it started to speak in, I think it was my left ear, and it said, Do you like this? And it freaked me out because I was literally having this this dialogue within me and I'm going, Holy smokes, and I'm singing the song, I'm looking around, and and then the next words, and when I say words, what I mean is that this is what I this this was my thought feeling. This was what was coming through. And the voice then said Do you want more of this? And in that moment, I knew what it was because, Mark, it was so cold. It was so calculated, but it was so sensuous. But I knew what it was. And with all of my heart, all of my innermost power, I screamed, no! Like inside, I screamed it. And Mark, that voice started to dissipate. And the whole presence, whatever it was, just kind of evaporated and went away. And I was back to singing. I don't know how long this happened for. I am not schizophrenic. Honestly, man, I wasn't drinking. I was just singing because I had to remember my lines. Right. And the party went on and we had a great time and it was very successful. Anyways, long story short, at the time, my my lead guitarist was dating this beautiful young woman and he basically dropped her that night because she was, you know, I don't know what was going on between them. And she had. We later found that she had been drugged. Her her, her drink had been drugged, and because she was hanging out a window, getting sick and stuff. Anyways, I immediately went to her because my guitarist didn't. I took care of her. I had my my roommate drive her home, and she actually went and ended up in the hospital, and because she had been drugged and stuff. Anyways, long and short of it was that woman invited me to dinner, and she eventually became my wife, who I've now been married to for 22 years, with three children. And it's been the most amazing episode in my life. Mark, what I really believe was happening is I was being tempted. Now, some people say, no, 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 that's your kundalini. That's your most inner self I'm requesting you to come forward and, and accept a role. No, 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 Mark. That feeling that I had was all ego, was purely ego-driven, and it was cold, and, and that voice was mechanistic, and it was, it was scary, man. And when I said no, it just evaporated and became nothing. Do you, do you care to comment on that at all? Is that is that the satanic voice that you know? Is that the satanic part that's coming through? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely,
5: it's all inside. You know, in every we all have we all have a, a what's called choice. We it's the reason we're here. We're given a choice: either go with the satanic part of the choice that you have, or you go with your the creators. Um, sort of um, part of it it's all a choice and the reason for that is because the earth that we live in is a test this is a test it's a test to see who passes the test that's why I was sent here as the messenger because it's extremely difficult for most people either to understand what I'm saying because I've got a very very thick northern English accent or for a lot of people it's very easy for them to discount what i'm saying so the fact that i'm here and i know that you know i mean i i know that anybody they can say that that's not the case i know it to be the case it's up to them to believe what they want to believe because that's the reason why they've got free choice right i know that to be as a fact because of some of the inventions i had and some of the history that i have which all culmin, culminated in me being in Gateshead, see, I was born in a place called Ben Sham. Now, Ben Sham is, has one of the largest Orthodox Jew populations outside of Israel.
4: Really? It's
5: a main center for Orthodox Jew. Uh, it's a teaching college for Orthodox Jews from around the world. Gateshead, the council at Gateshead. The emblem of the Gateshead Council is a goat. And the reason it's a goat is because it wasn't Gateshead, it was Goathead. It was the goathead and the mark of the beast. Oh boy. Now, for some inexplicable reason, I was born in Ben Sham, and I have the knowledge to explain to people what. 5G is, what it actually is, and what the agenda is. So therefore it's up to them it's up to others to take that information, do what they want with it, that's why they've got free will. But the, you know, the the inexplicable reason why I was born here, why I stayed here, and why I fought this Because I'm a pretty robust type of character. I can be pretty offensive. I'm not a snowflake. I don't go along with a snowflake agenda. I'm pretty robust. And obviously I forced the situation where Gated Council, Gated Council had a lot of lights, especially where I live, another part of Gated, where they were being damaged Uh, you know, people were breaking them and where the street lighting people needed police escorts to reinstall and fit this weapon system. So that really did push their buttons to the fact where they they weren't really given much of an opportunity, but they had to take me to court uh, to try and stop what was actually going on. However, that court case, was reported across the world where they failed in their attempt because what they didn't know when they took me to court that i was an expert in this particular field where we exposed the corruption of the council in the court and their lack of knowledge in relation to the equipment that they'd installed
1: No, it's fascinating, Mark. Mark, now Tim has a question. We're getting fairly close to the end of the show. I can't believe we're almost done again. We say that over and over again. I think it's our mantra now. <laughs> There's just never enough time. Tim, do you want to come in and, and speak your mind here?
0: Yeah, I, I would like to. Thank you very much. I would just like to set this up a little bit. I'm I, One of my little mini monologues, um, I'd like to ask ultimately a question to, to Mark. Um, I mean, at the moment, I think we're living in a, in a time where the 5G has kind of rolled out and ramped up without any real control over how, you know, if we disagree, well, too bad. I mean, very few of us. Mark is one of the few people on the planet who has actually done something about this or managed to get this through the courts and actually turn this around, which is fantastic. But the trend is it seems that the 5G is being rolled out. Then we have this uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 uh, conspiracy, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I just let's not do that now. But it's another whole system. It's another whole, uh, what can you say? Like a cycle that's just been rolled out and and, and on a global scale. Now, the next one I see, and I, I don't wish to sort of bring it down on a Friday evening, but the next one I see is Starlink. Now, just. I'm going to set a few things out on the table. At the moment, we have, I think, thousands of satellites orbiting around the planet. Now, along comes Elon Musk, and he gets permission from, I guess, the uh, American authorities to put up 42,000 satellites, mini-satellites, to create a new network in space. And I believe he also has permission, or is is getting close to getting permission, for one million transmitters on the ground. Now, one would assume... That these uh, frequencies are going to add to the goldfish bowl, the aquarium with which we're already living in, 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 in this uh, radioactive—excuse me, radioactive is not the right word. Uh, what can I say? This, this pollution, this pollution of of frequencies that we live in already, this soup. So, one of my very first questions is, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to list one or two before I hand over to Mark. But one of the very first questions is, what? organization has the right to give that sort of permission to, to, you know, a person or a company, SpaceX, to put up so many satellites into space and so many transmitters on the ground. And then ultimately, these, these, these satellites will fly over all or most of the, the continents on the globe. I mean, does that mean that there is, you know, like a single organization that has that, that given permission, or is it like one country has given permission to fly satellites over the other, other continents? Uh, That's one holding question I'd like to come to. The other thing I'd like to put onto the table is that these satellites are different in that they are using uh, their own certain level of their own autonomous intelligence to navigate, to hold position, and also to bypass one another if any of them seem to come onto some form of collision um, course. So that's the second thing is that they they seem to have some form of AI attached to them, I believe. And the third thing is that they are all licensed to have a high-power laser. I don't know how high, but a high-power laser beam to actually communicate between each other because this is like an array of uh, 42,000 satellites revolving around low-Earth orbit uh, communicating between each other. Now, presumably, if they have a license for a laser in space, then perhaps they could also be I don't know, a weapons grade laser. You know, maybe they can take one or two of them out as well. Who knows? So, in essence, just to sort of set up my question one more time, is it looks like Elon Musk, SpaceX, has permission to put 42,000 satellites into space, into low Earth orbit, which is effectively like a new umbrella under the existing networks of thousands of satellites. Now, is this the new ramp? That is, this, is this going to overpower all existing communications? Is this going to be the new, uh, what can I say, disaster waiting to happen in 10 years' time from now? Over to you, Mark.
5: Well, we and a do 10 years. That's number one. We've gotten okay. to about 2025. The plans to go twenty-five twenty. 237 million US citizens by 2025 and 55 million, we've got that documented it's on a weapons systems uh, there's an organisation called Diego they're an intelligence, a weapons hardware intelligence organisation, they show the population of America to be less than 100 million by 2025 UK population less than 15 million by 2025 on the back of the coronavirus the hoax. It's a hoax. It's been orchestrated. It's the cover for the 5G weapons kill. You cause all of the uh, the uh, symptoms of a virus from exposure to microwave radiation, then collimated frequency signals. However, the larger risk is people who have a vaccination, right. where I can increase that toxicity and risk. So that's a really important thing for people to understand and take away get the vaccination, you'll not be living on this planet for very much longer, but also you will have lost your soul because obviously in that vaccination, there's enough, you know, fetal material, dead babies, uh, basically other uh, DNA structures from other animals, uh, basically so that you want what the creator created. So that's really a warning to everybody. If you want to take that vaccine, well, you know, good luck with that one. Um, the satellite narrative, I'm really pleased you've asked that question, is a very, very important one. It's a smokescreen. Mm. You almost can't even get a car to drive down the road without a crash, crashing into another one. All right? mm-hmm. So the AI system is not... What, what's actually happened, because of the work of what I've done and others, it's created a situation where this, uh, what I'm going to call an asymmetrical war being waged. Uh well, before the cabal were ready, so they're forcing the technology, they're forcing the satellites in the sky very, very risky. I'm going to tell you, you force research and development projects, <laughs> and I've been involved in a lot, I've seen some absolute catastrophes. But I think it's quite funny the fact that we've dragged these criminals into this war too early,
4: mm-hmm.
5: you will feel demonstrably they're failing already they know they're failing and they're going to lose because we've dragged them into the water too early. the uh, the deployment of those satellites, the satellites need a ground-based array to be potent. normally, normally they operate uh, on less than 12 volts. well a 12 volt source in a satellite I don't care you could have 200 million of them in, the, in, in low orbit. they're not going to be very potent what they need is that basically mirrors in the sky. So what they do, they geo-orientate themselves so they can then target down the ground. So I've got a ground-based array. It fires a signal to the satellite. The satellite then reflects it down to a ground base. Now, if I've got more satellites in the sky, they can geo locate themselves, so when I fire the signal up at numerous numbers of satellites, they then then focus because the more elements we we'll have in the weapon, the more focality you have at the target site. So the more ante- so the more antennas we've got on the ground, we focus that up. So the number of antenna sites will fire those signals up to a, an array of satellites. Those of the mm-hmm. satellites then focus that radiation to the ground. That gives you the potency to start taking out cities uh, and larger, or you know, military bases, etc. So that's basically what's going on. So people have to be mindful. The satellites are basically mirroring the sky. Nothing to be too concerned about. However, I'm going to be laughing <laughs> when I think start to come to the ground because. Russian technology is not a good idea. In fact, I watched the latest launch of the uh, this exploration into space, and somebody sent me a video And on the rocket booster. There was actually a rat moving <laughs> 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 across the rocket booster as it was in spin. Now, it's quite a clever rat, so it's in low orbit... <laughs> Uh, walking across the booster, so that whole thing was fake. Right, it was a fake. Oh, interesting. So, this, so absolutely fake. Uh, I was, I I was shocked. I laughed. Uh, it really made give me a bit of a giggle. So this satellite narrative
1: is basically disempower people. It's a way to mark. mark sorry. Yeah, really quick. We're really getting close to the end. We got about less than four minutes. You said two so interesting things. You talked about that they preempted this, they've sped it up, and it's too early. That's something we've been tracking. If you could give a little summation on that. And the second thing is the idea of seeing a rat walking along is so interesting because we've talked about this, that these people are like rats, and when, and they're starting to fib in each other and, and, and rip at each other. And so can you just address that in the last couple minutes?
5: Well, I've been involved in research and development projects for many, many years. If you rush technology, you'll fail because you always, when you're doing R and D, it always takes three times as long and costs five times as much. That's just a rule of thumb, right? So whatever you forecast, it's always a lot more cost. So it always takes three times as long. That's if ever. So they're rushing the technology as fast as they possibly can because we've caught them in this genocidal plot. Yes. Uh, the the pictures of the uh, the launch of this uh, this manned spacecraft. I watched the video where there was actually a rat in space walking <laughs> across the booster of the rocket. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I watched the video. I, I giggled. It was hilarious. So that shows that whole thing's fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and the. Like I said, Elon Musk can't even get a couple of cars to drive the, down the road without cracking it, crashing into police vehicles, believe it or not, or, fire, or, 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 or actually uh, fire tenders can't get his vehicles to drive along the road. So if anybody thinks that he's got the technology to actually drive this into space where they're going to J- geolocate themselves and keep themselves from crashing into each other, well, mm. let's just see how that one pans out. But that's, you know, not to make light of it, that doesn't mean to say that everybody who listens to this has to act and act appropriately. Yeah. What I mean by that, talk, tell, text, get the information out. The knowledge is key to bring, you know, I've always said, 5G is the key. We know about the paedophilia. We know about the cabal. We know about that predilection for children and, and, and you know, the horrendous horrific uh, actions of some of these elites, these elite groups where they've yeah. basically committed some absolutely horrendous crimes against humanity uh, and against children and against God's work, you know, about your work. This is, this is appalling behaviour of these people who've put themselves in positions of power. Their time is up. Yes. What we have to do, we have to push and expose tell the truth, keep pushing the truth out there, and we'll smash these criminals and put them and drag them down the hole into hell.
2: That's a beautiful, beautiful insight, Mark. And I'm so grateful that you have brought that awareness to us, that it is a time to act not by being who they are, but by being who we are, and that's beings of light and choosing consciously to exercise our our right of choice and our right of awareness and not to surrender to fear and not to surrender to their evil temperaments either. It doesn't mean go in and be who they are. Let's be who we are. I thank you so much. This has been a most enlightening conversation and I'm probably will listen to this many times over and I'm certainly going to share it with everyone I know deep gratitude to you and we are at that time we'll catch you next week all